0: The Growing Destinations podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Learn more about Minnesota's third largest city, which is home to Mayo Clinic and features wonderful recreational and entertainment opportunities by visiting ExperienceRochesterMN.com.
1: When I heard from collectors, store owners, that we were stupid, we're making a big mistake, it's going to fail, we're not in the right spot, it's a dying area. All those things still stick with me, because when when that happens, it motivates me more, actually.
0: Welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast, where we take a deep dive into destination development and focus on a wide range of topics, from tourism and entertainment, to economic development and entrepreneurism, and much more. I'm your host, Bill Von Bank. Always having a passion for toys, Brad Vigasa turned his passion into a business in 2017, he opened his first Nerd N Out store in Rochester, Minnesota, with toys from his personal collection. He's expanded to include comics, video games, and more. He now operates a second location in the Twin Cities. Ever the entrepreneur, Brad also started his own version of a Comic-Con convention in Rochester called Nerd and Out Con, with significant growth over the past four years. In 2023... He'll be producing two Comic-Cons, one in Rochester and one in Minneapolis. Brad Vigasa, welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast. Hey, thanks for having me today. Brad, can
1: you share with us a bit about yourself and your career journey? Originally from Faribault, Minnesota, I've lived in Rochester basically 20-some years now, and I have a lengthy background in customer service and sales. I was in the auto industry for years and years and years. And then I've always had a passion for toys. Uh, I grew up, you know, with He-Man, G.I. Joe, all those vintage toys. And it just kind of came back to me as an adult. Once we start getting some income, you start wanting some of the things you grew up with. And from there, I just literally started collecting some things myself. As an adult?
0: As an adult, yeah. Yeah. And from the collection point till now, because you have a really cool a couple uh, retail outlets specifically related to toys, comics, et cetera.
1: So why don't, we, why don't we dive into that? Sure, absolutely. When we first opened up, we didn't have comics, except for maybe back issues that we would find, you know, that we either had or you found in stores. And we mostly had like toys, some Lego sets I had, uh, just stuff that were in our collections. And it's it's been a whirl wind of learning. Because now we carry, you know, all types of video games. And I loved video games growing up, but I didn't have some of these systems that, you know, we carry in our store now. And your store is called Out. Yeah. Where did the name come from? A long time ago, about 12 years ago, actually, I was just sitting around and Out was supposed to be a website. So I actually paid somebody that left me hanging. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be a website that was going to mix between eBay And also, like, social media, Facebook. And so when that happened, nerding out, I just, I I really liked it. And it stuck with me for some reason. I don't know why, but it did. And it was more of like a, I don't like saying corporate, but a national name. Whereas nowadays, there's all these companies that may use their last names in toys or, you know what I mean? And they mimic mimic certain logos where this was an original name, an original logo. And I was very proud of that. Were you originally going to start? Online and no brick and mortar? Yeah, it was it was meant to be a social media platform that you were going to be able to buy, sell and trade on is what it was. So then what happened? It's almost like now
0: you you then changed to to a storefront.
1: Yes. So uh, my then business partner and I actually met while playing semi pro football and we both collected and we were in Facebook groups and Rochester really had nothing at the time. This was 2017 So it it just went so quick and all of a sudden we had a tiny little storefront and we filled it with our collections and your personal collections. Yes, correct. Yeah. And then from there, I think we had a two year lease on it and we knew we had to find some place and we just lucked out at the right place, right time. Was it because you had to leave because of the lease or you just outgrew the space? We outgrew the space. Our store was so full that we couldn't even have a room anymore for video gaming because it was totes and totes and totes of toys. A passion
0: turns into business opportunity. Tell me about the learning curve. It's
1: definitely been fun, strenuous, stressful, anxiety ridden. (laughs) I can see it all over your face. Yeah. Like I said, I was in the car business, so I did everything in the car business sales. And then I went into management and when I ended it, I was a finance manager And it was that fork in the road where I need to decide, okay, either I'm all in and I go work at the business or I do what I do, but it was also taken away from what I was doing in the car business because my mind was elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So I just decided to go all in. And when I did that, it was like, you went from one hat, right? Because in finance, I wore one hat. I didn't have to do the sales manager job the selling the car anymore. I just sold product. Here, I'm now running a team, I'm ordering product, I'm managing inventory, managing money, I'm paying bills, I'm talking to people, all these different things that I probably have never done before. And you have to be an expert in it. You get there. You get there. You're not an expert at first. And I would say I'm nowhere near an expert. There's a lot of collectors out there that still know a lot more than me. So I learn every day, which is awesome. But I'm eons ahead of where I was when I first came in. So is it five years in Rochester with the first store? Yes, five years in Rochester. And then you have grown the business to the Twin Cities. Yes. So during the pandemic, uh decided to make a move. I Just something inside felt right. The pandemic hit, everything shut down, and everything slowed down. And then I started coming up with the idea of a live sale. So we started doing Facebook live sales. And when we did these live sales we started getting customers from all over the U S rather than just Rochester. We really grew the business from this. I mean, we started seeing gains of almost $20,000 a month extra. So when we did that smart about it, we started putting money away and I felt like the time was then to grow the business. Cause I've always wanted to make it more. And what year was that? That was 2020 okay. is when that happened right after the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we got up there and officially opened October
0: 3rd, 2020. Wow, so so within the pandemic, while everything is shutting down, you are looking at a growth opportunity for your business.
1: Yes, when I heard from collectors, store owners, that we were stupid, we're making a big mistake, it's going to fail, we're not in the right spot, it's a dying area, all those things still stick with me because when, when that happens, it motivates me more. Actually, as we come out of COVID, what are some lessons you've learned? I think we've all learned cleanliness a lot more than what we were. I've always been a pretty clean freak, pretty much a clean freak, I should say. So for me, I've always had stuff a certain way, lined up nicely, cleaned. I always dust. I always did that, but we do it more now. And it's also, like I said, when COVID hit and we couldn't sell those live sales taught me so much more of outreach and how to reach more people than just what's in our area. And it showed me how much it would grow our business.
0: As you look to the future in growth strategy, what are your thoughts in terms of your storefronts? And then we need to we, we will get to the point of some of your other activities you do with NerdNow, but from a retail standpoint, you're in two locations.
1: Do you do you look for more I would like to say yes. It's always been my passion and my dream to kind of revive the Toys R Us type scenario. But the longer you run a business and you work through things, you really do learn the hardships of them, how much it costs to run a big building, because it's not just your rent or mortgage, it's your bills, it's everything else, lights, electric, right? And then besides that, employees, you really do have to have the right employees running your store Or working under you so that they are showing your passion and also mimicking your drive, per se. As much as I would like to say yes, now I've kind of slowed down a little bit. I would love to maybe add one more in Minnesota. And then the dream would be to have one outside the state. But again, it's learning. Who's your customer? Honestly, everybody. That's the one thing that I think I, when I came over, I came over with the mindset of how do we get people in our store that normally wouldn't right? the moms that would never want to come in because they're never going to buy anything. Uh, It's, it's about winning them over their kids come in for Pokemon cards. Now, what does mom see that she kind of digs to where the next time she would come in rather than being like, no, you can take them. (laughs) How about from a
0: nostalgia standpoint, do you see a lot of customers because they they're looking for something because they grew up,
1: collecting this or that for sure for sure i mean that's like a daily thing for anybody when they come in they're looking to find maybe that one thing that completes their collection from when they're a kid or they'll come in and they'll be like oh i had that before and they may pick it up just because they had it even though they don't collect toys it's just something that they remember right what's hot right now at your stores right now i would have to say comics are actually doing really well again Uh, Whether it's back issues or new, there are a lot of good storylines going on right now. Video games are pretty hot. Toys are still pretty hot. And games like Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, the cards. People really, really not only enjoy collecting it, but playing it. I'm still fascinated in the age of
0: technology and virtual and augmented reality. People are still into comic
1: books. Mm -hmm. It's, It's the touch feel sense, right? I'm never against new things or virtual. However, you don't get the same experiences. And I think it's shown it with our kids. Our kids, when COVID hit, didn't get that same interaction they did when they were at school. Now there is plus and minuses because there's a lot of bullying that happens in school, but they weren't getting the same treatment. They weren't getting the same learning. And that's what I feel was happening. Also, I think when people play magic, they really love the interaction part of it rather than just being on Skype or doing it with somebody on another side of the computer screen. But there is that virtual, and you got to embrace it. Because even with pre-orders, with toys or anything like that, we have to keep moving forward. Because if we don't, we're not going to get those people to get those items from us.
0: In addition to your store here in Rochester, Minnesota, you also have a laser
1: tag attraction. Tell us more about that. When we moved to our new location, we knew that we were going to get the whole building, so we had to fill it somehow. We found laser tag, and I love laser tag. So we found a certain laser tag. It was called iCombat. So it's, it's more realistic. The guns look and feel real. There's respawn pods, kind of like a video game would be to get back into the game. No heavy vest for kids, which is nice, too, and we also have kids stuff. Uh, with that, though, we wanted to bring a whole new immersed version of laser tag to this town to see how it would do and see what people thought of it and then from there we not only have laser tag now but we also have splatter ball which is like those little orby balls the gel balls yep. we also have archery tag so a lot like dodgeball just with foam darts and bows and then we have normal dodgeball so we're just trying to bring fun sports back in when it's winter something to do when it's summer let adults be kids again and let kids have fun
0: How has it been received
1: it's been pretty good. I don't think we've done a great job ourselves of getting it out there. You know, we're still working on that constantly. Um, we've just the prices because of that, too. So we've lowered our prices immensely over the two years, three years we've been open.
0: One of the things that I really like about the work you do is is bringing the brand of the store into your own version of a Comic-Con here in Rochester. Mm-hmm. Let's dig deep into the motivation to start. This convention for the region, I have to imagine it takes a lot of work to do that. And you now have
1: four years behind you. Correct. It, it really does. You know, the motivation behind it, to be honest with you, just so I can hit back on the two points you first mentioned, the, the reason it, it was Nerd and Out Con wasn't really a, a notoriety thing to bring more business to the store, but it made sense. But because to me, Nerd and Out is anything you really enjoy, it doesn't matter if that's Playing the violin, doesn't matter if that's painting, doesn't matter if it's, again, toys or comics. When you're doing it and you're in that world, you're nerding out to me. And for me, it just fit the genre of what we were doing. And I didn't know what else to call it, I'll be honest with you. <laughs>
0: it's a good name.
1: Um, <laughs> you know, I'm 50-50 on it. I, I Sometimes I hate it because I don't want people thinking that I'm trying to do a crossover But in the end, it worked out. As far as what goes into it, it's a lot of planning. It's a lot of emails. It's a lot of calls. I always like to say it as until the Comic-Con, it's me. I put in a ton of hours, a ton of work. Once the Comic-Con hits, it's the volunteers. The volunteers work their tails off to make that event awesome. What I do is I'm a schmoozer, right? I'm simply there. To build those relationships, whether it's keep the vendors happy, try to get more vendors to come, talk to the stars, talk to their handlers, their agents, make sure they're having a good time, seeing if I can build bigger relationships to keep them coming back. That's honestly how I see it and how it should be where the volunteers, they volunteer their time. They're walking around. They're making sure people are happy, making sure problems are resolved. I attended this year and it
0: was great. Actually, the last two years, and it's just nice to see the growth of it happen. It's at the Mayo Civic Center here in Rochester. The last two years, a three-day event. Can you give us the the layout of the event and the different activities?
1: With this year, I think it was our best year yet, and I say that because we had the most diversity we've ever had. Also, probably one of our best attendances that we've had. With it, you'd come into the big hallway. And right away what you're going to do is you're going to be greeted by our volunteers that have our merchandise and they're going to have the VIP badges for people or wristbands for people. And then walking through the hallway, you're going to meet the 501st. 501st are great. They're the folks that dress up like Star Wars people. They do an awesome job with interacting. Yeah. And they have some great costumes. They make those costumes. They can't buy them. They have to make them. And even the droids that they build. Insane. I could never do that. Ever. This year, I think we had like 60 some vendors. And they range anywhere from comics to toys, artists that are notarized in Marvel and DC comics, some artists that are just local artists that just really enjoy and want to get their stuff out there. We had people that had purses and bags, Funkos, pins. Uh, There was so much stuff. There were movie prop cars. Uh, We had Battle Cat and Panther from He-Man, life-size ones that were amazing. We had Games and More from town that had Magic the Gathering tournaments going on. Then we had uh, professional cosplayers in here that were signing autographs, selling their stuff, dressed up really cool. And then again, we had about 10 stars here from movies, TV, wrestling.
0: Have you modeled this after other Comic-Cons or is it really something that's
1: been homespun and you've created it yourself? A little of both. Okay. So I haven't really attended a lot of other Comic-Cons. That's something I'm trying to do more of where I would get ideas. This has just kind of been my thing. So when it does seem a little more amateur, that's why. I do put everything into it that I can. But the great thing about it is I think it gets better every year because I learn every year. I learn what works, what doesn't work. I take the input from people just to try to make that better every single time. Do you envision creating... Uh, nerd and out cons in other places funny you say that decided this last year that i'm going to start another one it's going to be june next year up in minneapolis june of 2023 2023 june 2nd through the 4th at the minneapolis convention center that's awesome congratulations thank you but it's actually going to be called minnesota con okay so i'm doing a little bit different i want them to be separate um but yeah it's a it's going to be a bigger bigger venue bigger stars Everything. So I've got my work cut out for me, but I'm ready for the challenge. Wow. That's great. Do you have competition for your business? I look at anybody that's in this field as competition targets and Walmarts. They carry toys, they carry Funkos, right? And they typically carry them for cheaper. So you're competing with them. Uh, we have a lot of, a lot of local cool stores here in town too, whether they sell vintage toys or whether it's board games and card games, Computer games, video games. So there's a lot of really cool little niche stores in town that I don't think people really know about, or maybe they're just not into it. But um, yeah, I, I take everything as as competition. I always want to be better than everybody. It's how I've been my whole life. But I also try to stay really to my lane. Like sometimes things will bug you, like when the pandemic happened. You know, I got a little little wordy on on social media because it hurt me that. Mom and pop stores that I feel are the lifeline. If you took all the small businesses out of a town and you were just left with the big box stores, there wouldn't be a lot. And when a lot of us had to be shut down, but the big box stores could still be open and sell the items we had, it hurt. It hurt a lot. It felt like basically somebody telling you to go to your room and you can't come out, but your brothers and sisters got to play, you know, whatever. So for me, you, you know, I take it with a grain of salt. It does stink. And I've learned from it to basically just stay in my lane, do my thing, do what I can and what I can control. But I'd lie if I say it still doesn't affect you a little bit. What's most rewarding about your job? Customers. I, I am one of those people that love to give great customer service and building the relationships that I have with our customers and being able to have those conversations, not just about what's in our store, but their families or how they're doing or what's going on in their lives. I absolutely love that. And meeting new people like at the Comic-Cons, I've met some great stars that are so down to earth that just have amazing stories that, you know, if we had more time, I'd be able to go into. But just learning about people is what I really love what advice
0: would you give to anyone wanting to get involved in the retail industry today? Do
1: your research. If you're, if you're trying to be a small business owner, do your research, know what you're getting into. Um, when we got into it, we didn't have much for funds and we started really small, which was smart. And we grew very rapidly. Like if you look at our growth between year one and year three, year three. And now the growth is different to me. We did add a second store. But the growth is still different. Like we grew quicker in two years than we have since. But in the same respect, there's a lot more competition because when the pandemic hit, a lot more people collected. So a lot more people opened up stores. Well, less collecting now because people are going back to normal. So some of these stores are failing or you're not seeing the same growth as you had. Brad Vick, it's a great
0: conversation today. Congratulations on all of your growth and continued growth, both here in Rochester, Minnesota and throughout the state. And thanks for being our guest on Growing Destinations. Absolutely. Again, thanks for having me. It was a blast. Thank you for tuning in to the Growing Destinations podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Find out more about Rochester, Minnesota and its growing arts and culture scene, its international culinary flavors, and award-winning craft beer by visiting experiencerochestermn.com.